future fans, my name is Angela. My name is Pam. And my name is Edwin. And you're listening to episode two of Dungeons, Dinings, and Dorks. So let's start this off. Pam, you had something on your mind today. Okay. What's up with the Area 51 memes? I kind of fallen out of Facebook, so can someone please explain to me what's up with all okay, the Area 51? Okay, so apparently on September 20th, okay, two okay. months, okay, there's a bunch of people, mostly alien truthers, want to storm oh. Area 51 in Nevada, okay? The infamous alien... Uh, right, right. Base yeah. kind of thing the government has. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to storm it. What I don't understand about this whole thing is this is the military we're talking about. They kind of have something called guns. The, so, my guess is that they're thinking civilians are safe. I don't know. I just think it's. Okay, here's what I've been hearing. They figure if a huge crowd goes in, the military can't stop all of them. Like, you can't stop all of us. I think that's one of the hashtags that's going in there. Isn't yeah, I, I saw that. But is it really? Is I. It really? All right. From what I understand, a lot of the people who are signing up for this and RSVPing for it, they're doing it as kind of a joke. Yeah. So, That's what I gathered it's, it's, from it. It's quite apparent that it is. Yeah. The funny thing, though, is that apparently the hotels in the surrounding area are completely booked solid for September 20th. See, no, that's the other thing I don't get, is that they're, okay, you know, we booked the hotel. It's almost like I'm going to paint a target on, you know, where we're staying, so come and raid us. Yeah, it's like the Raiders are going to get raided. Wow. One one thing that that someone told me yesterday about this was that the security for the military installation over there isn't exactly... um, They're not exactly... They're not government um, security. They're... What this person is claiming is that it's private security. That's like Blackwater. I don't know if you've heard of that, but Blackwater is a private like security okay. enforcement agency. Right, right. Surprise, and not so, not, yeah, not so secret which, now. <laughs> well, yeah, but what, the thing is that the military has rules of engagement. Private security are not a so little laxed in that. Mm. So uh, here's here's the other thing that kind of gets me. They're announcing, hey, we're going to come raid you on September 20th. Watch out. You can't stop all of us. That is plenty of time to move anything that the raid might want to find. (laughs) It's like, you go and announce your raid. It's got to be a joke. I'm I'm chalking it up to a joke. That's how the government gathers all the spiders. Don't feed the fear. (laughs) when, when When actors from... The MCU universe is RSVPing on this thing. They're, I don't think they're I actually going. I, I not don't think they're going. It's not unless they're setting up some sort of party like Fire Festival. But, <laughs> but, the, 
Well, that would that, be great. Well, that's the thing with the fire festival. It, it was an actual thing that people believed to be true, and which ended up to being one of the biggest scams ever. Yeah, watch watch the documentary if you haven't seen it already. Yeah, that would be funny if it was Netflix. just like the fire festival. It's just like they should just like the guy who ran the fire festival. He should just run this because it'll be the same thing. Yeah, I watched. Pretty much, yeah. I watched that documentary. And I, I that was just good. shocked. And it's surprising how he still believes that he could do the same stuff. You know, that 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 still gives me just, like, the, yeah. the chill grossness kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just interesting on how, like, one joke has gone so far that actually people believe it that it's actually true. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. yeah and there was um, our friend that we were talking to uh, last night. They knew somebody who had to request that day off. Yeah. And their boss was all, what do you want that day off for? <laughs> Are you going to the raid? No, I've got a wedding to go to. The guy actually had to pull out his wedding invitation to show the, his boss to prove that he's not going to the raid. He's actually going to a wedding. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's all crazy and messed up. And I don't think this is going to, really get to a really no. wide audience just before so. that but if if you were planning on going to this thing don't go to this thing don't it's it's silliness and really like i said if there's anything to hide there it's already going to be long gone before anybody <laughs> even gets there or else just go find another fake event because i heard that there was or another go or go to an actual event. There was another. There was another fake event. Like I think people were working on the biggest uh, Guinness World Record for the largest Kamehameha crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go to something like that. I would rather go there than raid. Well, you know, <laughs> if you go there, you're finding people with common interests. Common uh, interests. There you go. <laughs> on one side of the U.S. This is the raid where people can go, ah, and we will never know what happened. And on the other side of the world, just a bunch of people just yelling words. Okay. There's another thing that we should talk about. Um, yeah. there, there have been some articles written about Ring. Um, Edwin, could you tell us a little bit about the Ring? So, not the, the Ring, not the Ring. The ring the device, movie. the doorbells. Not the, the doorbell? doorbells. Okay, so nothing that you give a woman to. <laughs> so we're talking about the doorbell. The ring video doorbell. Uh, if nobody knows what this is, and I'm hoping you have some inkling, if you've been to a Best Buy, you've seen this before. It's just a doorbell with a video camera on it. There's an app for your phone that's connected to it, and if someone presses your uh, your doorbell, your ring video doorbell. It will notify you on your phone and you can turn on the video feed and see who it is anywhere in the world just as long as you have an internet uh an internet connection so is we have one ourselves everyone yep, we have and, one ourselves uh it's it's pretty handy for like if you're not home and someone's knocking on your door thinking that they're going to their friend's house like oh um no he lives two doors down okay bye yeah, and it also caches motion, so it makes a nice, uh, you know, like it'll show if you put the setting on that someone is in your front yard, and it'll notify you, and it'll take a recording. So, 
It's yeah. a nice security thing. Yeah, I was thinking about that. A little bit a little bit of added security is nice, but um, that whole connected to the Wi-Fi thing, um, as owners of the ring, do you feel that your data is secure? secure? Well, here's the thing. Okay, so what I my view on data security is, and this is me coming as a as a tech guy. As, yeah, and I have several certifications for for security. And one of the things that I tell people when it comes to this thing is, one, make sure your own Wi-Fi network is secure. Like I don't let anybody, unless it's Angela and I, to get on the private uh-huh. Wi-Fi. It's completely separate from the, our public one, right? Which we only turn on when we have guests in the yeah. house. Yeah, <laughs> and it's the same way with our connected devices, our you know Internet of Things devices like the Ring, and our um, and our Arlo system. Those sit on a separate a separate part of our network here in the house. So it's not you know our sensitive information is completely away from are from anything that's connected to the internet and part of that is that um the cameras around the house the ring they're all pointed out of the house and we don't have them pointed direct yeah we don't have them pointed inward because uh like if i figure if someone's going to come up to the house you want to get as much video of them approaching as possible and once once they're in once they're inside, it's like poof, game over. You, all you can do is hope that you got enough video of them coming in because you won't be able to get a, You won't be able to get an angle of their face if they're already inside. And here's the, here's the other thing is that is that okay? We live in such a connected world now, and the internet is pretty much running things at this point. It's running SCADA systems, right? Which is like the ones that that the connected devices of nuclear power plants and um, and electrical grids and stuff like that, right? In one aspect, there is internet. There's a connection between somewhere else and that area. It's secure to a teeth, but at the same time, you know, when it comes to information for yourself, right? Be responsible on, you know, on what you put out there, right? But in any which way, I'm sure if you, like, Google yourself even the dark web, you know, you'll find something on anybody. It's out there. The best that people can do in terms of information is to make sure that you're protected yourself so that sensitive information doesn't go out. So so specifically, like, there's... There is an article where people are concerned about their uh, information getting hacked through Ring. Um, personally, I can't see why someone would worry about their device getting hacked unless they've planned some sort of big giant heist yeah. way, way in advance. So I wouldn't be too concerned about that. But like the Ring has a paid subscription. Yeah. I guess, like, with any paid subscription, you take a risk by doing that. But do you feel like they've, they're, since they're into security, would you guess that they're probably pretty careful about their own securities and their own data systems? Well, I, I hope so. I mean, there's a, I mean, as any responsible company that collects data, they should be secure themselves. 
you know and another thing about you know your information getting leaked out because of these companies do yourself a favor and change your passwords every now and again and don't copy the same password in other in your other accounts i've seen too many people do that and once one of your your passwords leaks out or one of your accounts leaks out chances are the rest will leak out too okay yeah a great a great a great way is to keep a pass password book like physical copy yeah i do yeah. physical so. yeah yeah um otherwise i know there's apps and and other devices that are meant to help you save passwords and keep them secure digitally uh but we've got to move on um pam you've got something to tell us about so this segment is called omg shut up and listen gentlemen for a nationwide campaign by you to demand by law such compulsory education stranger things i if you if, if you are a big huge D D geek i think the stranger things is very relative um you guys have watched the first two no. seasons right <laughs> no. i, have, I okay. unfortunately have not watched oh, I'm sorry. it yeah. <laughs> i i am a giant chicken i get nightmares pretty easy so i i'm afraid that it would give me bad dreams i've heard that some bits of it are kind of scary yeah oh <laughs> okay but i will let you know though this new season really vamped it up and that's what i heard because because it you know how the whole show is just basically an ode to the 70s 80s it's the 80s like thing middle middle 80s like I, 84 85 strange this new season i think really focuses on the horror aspect of it oh really yes and it's sorry <laughs> if you if you like if you like gore this will be perfect for you if you don't i will probably suggest you don't watch it so Probably it's not, <laughs> it's not Angela's safe. You know, just thinking about the Stranger, Stranger Things is that the second ep- the second season, to me, wasn't as good as the first season. Well, you have that in any show where where the seasons kind of like here's a good season, here's a kind of down season. Oh, here's a really good season. Well, the thing this is, this one's okay. Next one's meh. The thing is, though, they added a, a fourth season, and this will be the season to end it. I think originally they wanted to end it. On the third, but then they added another season on it. Well, <laughs> it's I'm, Netflix I'm, milking it. It's probably. <laughs> well, not even that. It could just be like the writers were writing it and they were like, oh, we have more that we need to wrap up. We can't wrap this up in this season. We have to wrap it up. Because I can, I can see where they they intended to end it, but they left they left so much of an opening that it would be a crime to not continue the story. <laughs> No, I, Pam, you're not going to spoil it for us. I'm right? not going to come up spoilers. Okay. Don't worry. Okay, good. All right, now, here's here's a thing I've noticed in most, like, televised series from the past. Like, they, once they get going, if they've got their momentum, they'll keep going. But it's like they don't have an end point in mind, so they just keep writing. And around season three, the shows get weird. I'm guessing this is not the case for this. They they've got an endpoint in mind, so they're they've picked their well, steam back up. I mean, the Duff, the Duffy, Duffer, Duffer brothers, or the whatever. The Duffer brothers, yeah. They 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 do they're writing quite well, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't say much about their planning, but I I honestly think that it, that momentum has 
has steadily grown through the seasons and I think will continue the, to grow because what they don't want is for them to keep, uh, like have the momentum grow and then stop. Yeah, so they've got to, they've got to wind it down. I think I think that's what happened was they were writing it out like we can't stop this here. We need one more season and then we can wrap everything up and then it'll be like a nice satisfying end. I'll, yeah. I'll bet that's kind of what it was. Yeah. I hope it doesn't. I hope it's not putting a fourth season for the sake of having a fourth season. I've seen way too many shows where it's like they could have ended this yeah. with a lot, you know, with like five seasons instead of like nine seasons and it just drags on and drags on. Yeah, I can, yeah. I can, so, I can see that with Game of Thrones for me. Yeah. Yeah, the, my... Yeah. My show that I got kind of disappointed, like I said, like season three, if, if it's an ongoing show, things get weird in season three. Like for me, that happened with um, the the late 90s version of Charmed. Like season three got weird. And then I used to watch Smallville oh. and that had that <laughs> got weird in season three. And I was just disappointed. Like, why you got to make it weird? I don't know. I... Don't make it weird. I think I think they could have ended it with season three, and I could have been fine with it because that there. Okay, a little spoiler, but not really. There no, is don't. one. It's worded very carefully, Pam. Yeah, there's one very big event. Carefully. There's one big event that I I think would would because uh, it was it was uh, released in on July fourth. The event is as big as fireworks. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Well, speaking <laughs> of big events, there. Edwin's got a question about a thing that happens at certain events. So, Edwin, bring us into Let Me Tell You a Thing. Not really a thing. Hey, what you mean by that? Okay. What's the thing? What's the thing about cosplay? Now, let, uh, me, let me explain this, okay? The first time I ever experienced people cosplaying outside of Halloween was at the NDK convention in Denver. We went to that and Angela was making a costume for this. And I was asking, oh, okay, a costume. Well, I didn't realize that when I went to this, I went into this um, without I, knowing, you went completely blind. I went completely blind, and there were a ton of people there dressed up like anime characters. There were characters there that was um, not. I guess it, it wasn't very tasteful. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, it's "Like, is that is that legal?" Um, <laughs> this, yeah. I can't. They can't. I'm sure they're not. 18 and years older. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So here's the thing with cosplay. It's kind of... You know when you're little and you play make-believe and it's a lot of fun? Well, cosplay is kind of another version of make-believe where you get to dress up and you get to basically pretend to be that character. Some people go all out because, you know, the costumes are so cool. Like, you see them drawn out. It's like... That is so cool. I want to dress that. I want to wear that. I want to be that character, even if it's just for a little bit. And and it's just, you may not have the superpowers, 
but for a little while, you are that character. Think of, I think, I think the best way to explain to Edwin is, take, why do you play role-playing games? It's because you want to get into a character that's not you. Yeah, you, you want in, to be someone else for a In a, a universe bit. that's not reality. That's kind of what cosplay is for a lot of people. They just want to be, get into their favorite character's shoes and just be them. Just live them. When I was a kid, okay, when I was a kid, I, I, I guess I was doing a little bit of cosplay. I was so into Ghostbusters. <laughs> right? And I had a proton pack. I had you have a trapper. The, I had the trap. <laughs> I had the I had the the the, the boiler suit or the jumpsuit. Ha. Right? Uh-huh. It was great. But I was ten years old. Yeah. Right? But here's the thing. Now like if I had a proton pack like mm-hmm. right now, and I'm not talking about like the ones that I had when I was ten years old, like a, like a real proton. a real looking proton pack with the lights and everything, right? I went, you know, then I would get into it, but I don't know if I would go the whole nine yards of actually going to a convention see, in public to do that. See, that's that's one of the fun things about cosplay. I mean, some people never wear their their costumes in public; they wear it. They take their pictures and they post it online and that's it. Um, but a lot of people who do cosplay, they put their heart and soul into these costumes oh, yeah. and they are proud of what they made. And, you know, they're going to these events and that's kind of one of the ways you can signify, hey, I'm a fan of this thing. Please come talk to me about this thing. I love this thing. Talk to me, please. And that's, you know, it's... It's a badge of honor at a, at a convention. Like, if you've got an awesome costume, everybody's going to want your picture. Everybody's going to want to talk to you. You're going to have other people like, oh, my goodness, you are so talented. Did, How do you do that? Okay, so I did see that. In yeah. Not just NDK, but I also saw it over at Convergence in Minneapolis. Um, and a lot of people were taking pictures of other people oh, with yeah. their costumes. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And... I thought that was cool because it was in, like, an entire arena of other people who were doing that. Mm-hmm. But then I went outside the hemisphere of the convention. And, and there were people still running around in their costumes. They were still running around in their costumes. And I remember, like, looking at, I guess, you know, the, you know, the ordinary folks. That were around there, and they were all just, "What is going on?" And it's just almost like yeah. if I were like in my personality, I don't know if I could actually like, like, I would I would wouldn't mind the attention in that hemisphere, yeah, but outside and, the hemisphere, I'd be like. And there's there's some people who would ha- there's some people who have that same problem, and they'll remove parts of their costume before they go out to get their food. But you know, you gotta eat at when you're at a convention. Oh yeah. You gotta eat. You gotta leave the convention at some point to get some actual nutritious food, or get to your own hotel, or other things that you might need to do. Um, but yeah, so it's it's kind of one of those things you you deliberate. Okay, if I'm going in costume and I'm not comfortable leaving the convention, I need a friend who's going to be willing to yeah. bring me food. If 
Okay. If I've got to go get it myself, I need to make sure that I can remove parts of my costume to make myself comfortable in public. And that's, you know... Things... Is, it mostly, is it mostly, like, you know, females dressing up more than the guys are? No, there are males. So? There are male, oh, gosh. Male you have no idea how many male cosplayers are wearing women's costumes. Yeah, that, that really... That, that to me... And I'm... Hey, I'm all for gender equality, you know? A gender bending? Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Um, but here's the thing, right? When you see it in the cosplay world, right? Mm-hmm. And I can't tell if it was a girl or a guy. It makes and I'm sitting there going like, I don't want to, I don't want to offend this person. <laughs> and know? that's one of the, that's one of the things that, um, Convergence has actually started addressing that. Like if, if you want to be seen as a particular gender, they have, they have little the stickers pronoun, that you can, the pronoun, yeah, the pronoun stickers. stickers. So it's like, you you don't have to ask what gender they'd like to be addressed as. You can just look at their... If you're not sure... Well, that's a good idea. Yeah. So if you're not sure how to address yeah. them or how to talk about them, you just get a glimpse of their name badge yeah. and you address them that way. And, and you do have to make note that a lot of these cosplayers, that's, this is, that's their career. They yeah, do this. Oh, yeah. They can make a lot of money out of it. Yeah, that's what I heard is that a lot of people who actually also make the costumes and like they make like the genuine costumes there's mm-hmm. a person who i listen to who makes weapons and props oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. like they're really good props and it's all for like things like fantasy sci-fi he made like the gun for uh um for fallout 4 like several yeah. of the weapons in fallout 4 they were look like i'd want one of those yeah okay know? and the other thing that you you mentioned is there were um, costumes that were not tasteful that you saw? Yeah. Okay. A lot of the conventions that are out there are now addressing that problem. Like, there's there, there's some costumes that are called skin costumes, and those are no longer allowed in most conventions, as far as I'm aware. I think, I think out of all, uh, uh, the most important thing is if you want to take a picture, make sure you ask. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Ask first, please. Yeah, because they put a lot of hard work into their costumes, and they put their heart and soul in it. They don't want you to take a picture of them while they're in the middle of eating a sandwich. Or, or, or they're really in a <laughs> rush to go to the bathroom. And they really need to go. <laughs> or I they, imagine some of those costumes right. are, are really easy but to get just, out of. It's to just that whole... Just, yeah. just getting consent. It's, it's polite. And it's the right thing to do. You're, you're, there's a lot of photography going on in conventions that you have to just be yeah. careful. And, and, you know, the whole getting a shot of a crowd... That's fine because you're just getting a shot of a crowd. But if you if if you have one individual that you're trying to get a picture of, please go up to them and talk to them and ask for their picture. They will be flattered that you want a picture of, of them specifically, and they will be happy to pose for you. And most people, if 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 they're if you're in a crowd and they see that you're taking a picture, most people will get out of your shot so so that you can get the shot of the cosplay. Trust me, a lot of these people are have had a lot of time, blood and sweat into their costumes. That, sometimes literally. That sometimes, uh, <laughs> hey, can I take a picture? It means a lot to them. Yeah, and and knowing that someone is appreciating their costume means the world. So it's sort of like an it's sort of like an art. It pretty much is an art form. It I mean, absolutely it's like, is. It's like you're displaying yourself. 
in yeah, your, the art that you create, just like you would appreciate like a piece of art in a yeah, gallery. Yeah, it, so, it is a work of art, but also there's that whole make-believe factor. It make-believe is, it's factor. kind of that inner child that wants to be acknowledged. And, you, you know, kids are told after a certain age, you, know, you got to leave the make-believe behind. you got to leave the pretending behind. This is their moment to let that out. And so, um, yeah. Um, we got to move on to food talk. Food talk. Yum. But regardless of the style or type of restaurant, they all have one thing in common, and that is the serving of food. It's still fresh, but I'll take only what I need. It's gotta last. Uh, I, I love the clips that you found for these things. Um, okay, so uh, last weekend, was it? We last went, weekend, yeah. We went to Little Mekong Night Market. Tell us about that, Edwin. Um, it was... It was the first time I've been to a night market here in the States. I went to a night market in the Philippines. Completely different atmosphere. Completely different way of doing things. Um, the night market that we went to was in St. Paul. And they pretty much closed off, what was it, four blocks. It seemed uh, more than that. It was a more than yeah. that? Yeah. Some, somewhere around there. And we went to try some food. Um, one of the things, and we'll talk about this later, but uh, we do have a clip here that, uh, that I put together about one of the places that we ate from. It was called Ninja Sushi. Here we go. All right, so we are at Little Mekong Market, Night Market, and we're all eating from Ninja Sushi. Mm. So this is the first time I've actually tasted Ninja Sushi. This was last fall <coughs> when the last time uh, Angela and Pam and Jeff and Jeff had tried Ninja Sushi. So what I got here is something called Mama's Bowl. Pam, Pam got the uh, spicy salmon as a control. I have what's called the uh, super secret ninja bowl. I got the Hawaiian. That was Jeff. <laughs> what it really looks like right now is it looks like um, sriracha mayo sauce over like an eel sauce. There's lettuce on the bottom and there's fried things. And there's rice yeah, at the very bottom of the bowl. There's rice in the bottom of the bowl. Out of all the bowls here, Edwin's is the only thing that was cooked. Mm-hmm. Everything else, the other three bowls oh, that's salmon. is what's cooked. It's fried salmon. It's oh, fried salmon. Yep, it's fried salmon. Mmm. Okay. Mm. I have the super secret ninja bowl. Um, you know, thinking about uh, connecting this to Dungeons and Dragons because I am a dork. I, I think another alternate title would be Rogue Stealth Check. Um, it's got uh, raw tuna in it and some, it looks like fried tuna skin. It might be salmon. Oh no, it's fried salmon skin. It's, it's salmon, fried salmon skin. Which is really nice and crispy. And there's cucumber and other veggies, lettuce, and of course the rice in the bottom. And that, it, this is actually pretty good. Not, it's not spicy, but. It is tasty. This so, one's making my nose run. <laughs> so what is the secret? Why is it rogue-ish? Yeah, what is the secret to super secret ninja? Um, 
<clears throat> it makes me wonder, is there like a, like a hint of wasabi somewhere? Maybe. I think it's, I think it's the, the, the delayed heat, because now I'm noticing the kick. Oh really? Uh -huh. Yeah. It's got, it does have a little bit of a delayed kick. So would you say that you failed your trip? <laughs> I, I think I may have failed my perception check. <laughs> okay. But no, it's pretty good. There's cucumbers in this. Yeah? There's yes. A cucumber layer in this. Yes. I gotta tell you, like, seeing Mama's Bowl on the menu, that's a high claim. Because if you're gonna call something Mama's Bowl after your mama, better be good and I think this is pretty good. This is, uh, I was about this is to say quite good. I was about to say what does cucumbers need to do with mamas? <laughs> oh it's just there's a layer that, of cucumbers. So how mm -hmm. how is your spicy salmon bowl? Yeah, no I think, I, think I got good. this the last time and it's still as good as before. <laughs> so but this time I mean before it's um so the top layer is a raw salmon on top of uh, a layer of veggies, which is cucumbers, lettuce, and then below that is your rice. Oh, and and the sauce on top is uh, spicy sriracha. This time they included mangoes, and you had the choice between mango or pineapple, I believe, right? No, they didn't oh, have not pineapple. Not for me. No, well, naturally. What? No, they don't put pineapple. It, they didn't have pineapple this time, so they offered. They asked if mango was okay. I said yes. <laughs> but yeah, so I would never thought that mango with the uh, sauce, the sriracha mayo sauce, would work so well. And this is actually even better than the first time I tried it. I could eat this all day. How's your Hawaiian? Mama's bowls. I can eat so <laughs> The Hawaiian is good. It's spicy. It's, I'm starting to not feel my lips. So the Hawaiian, what was in the Hawaiian? Tuna, so rice, it looked... cucumber, onion, mango. I don't know what layers they were because I mixed it all together. But I think it's basically similar to mine except yours would have would have come as mine. I had a red spicy sauce but it wasn't like a mayo sauce. Oh really? Okay. I think this, although the, yeah. Okay, and then while, while they were in line getting, waiting for the food to be brought out, I went and got us some drinks from the stand called Juice Box. And what I, what we got is a juice called Pina Colada. And also one, now that I think about it, I think it's passion fruit and mango. I was a little flustered and all that because it's really, really busy over there. Right, I'm, I'm going to try this passion fruit one. Ah. This looks like it's milk. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's the coconut. It does look like it's milk. So this is the coconut pina colada? Okay, yeah. the... the that's I think that is passion fruit in there. So that's, that's good. It's got a light bit of tang, not too tangy, not too sweet. It's really refreshing. Edwin, do you want to give a sip to that before we switch yeah. drinks? Mm. I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just enjoying this mom's bowl. <laughs> Mm. So you're sold, Ninja Sushi. Two thumbs up. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, although this is the only dish I can. Drink your juice. Drink okay, your juice. Okay, okay. I'm gonna drink. What's this called? Pineapple I think it's I think it's passion fruit mango. Okay. I thought it was coconut, but I didn't taste any coconut, so I think it's passion. There's actually fruit in there. Yeah, there is. 
What, what, what do you think? It's pretty good. It was a swap. That was not bad either. I'm not big on juice, but yeah. Okay. Those that, are pretty good. You were right that that uh, pina colada one is really tasty. I like them both a lot. I like They're... them both a lot. I just, I like that one better. And coming from yeah. somebody who... The pina colada one. <clears throat> and also because it's just warmer. It reminds me of the actual drink. Without the, without the alcohol. Without the alcohol. Without the alcohol. And I like me some chemo. This does remind me. This does remind me of home. <laughs> You're just crazy about mango. I am crazy about mango. Okay, one complaint I had about Mekong Market. What was Mekong Market was? The lines. Holy cow, yeah. The oh my god. Gosh, I thought waiting in line in a Philippine um, licensing bureau was bad. <laughs> no, like this was bad. I okay. I went to a an ice cream food truck, and I waited there at eight fifteen p.m. That's when I got there. Yeah. I did not get to the window to order till around eight forty, like eight forty, and. I didn't get my order till like 9.30. Yeah, they, it was pretty backed up. Some of the food trucks there, um, they were taking orders a lot faster than they could fill them. And they they eventually said, I'm just letting you know, it'll take about uh, an hour wait. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, things were... And, and supplies for foods were running out. Um, my problem was... Uh, I. I think they're still working out some of the logistics because their their trash cans weren't getting emptied out <laughs> quickly enough. They and were I, just like mounting on the side of the street. Yeah, and I, at one point I literally saw a lady go up to the trash and she kind of looked at it, hesitated, and very gingerly put her garbage <laughs> on like, the pile on like the ground. Playing, it's like playing garbage Jenga. Yeah. <laughs> I hope this yeah. doesn't collapse. You know. So... So, Edwin, you mentioned that you went to a Philippine uh, a night market in the Philippines. Yeah. How does that compare? Oh, it's night and day. Like, really? The smell was different, especially. Like, there were more people out in the, um, you know, like, barbecuing, like, things in skewers. And, pre and then everything was, I mean, let's just say there, there isn't really, like, like Department of Health, like inspecting the whole thing in the Philippines, okay. right? right? So it's a little bit more lax there. But here's the thing, right? No lines. There wasn't any lines anywhere. And then the thing is, you could go order your stuff in front, and they were not even cooked yet. So you just like picked, like, I want this, I want that, I want this. And they would take your order, and then it would show you a place to sit. And they're sitting there like barbecuing and on top of, of coconut charcoals and they bring it to you where you're sitting at. And then when you're done, you're paying, I'm not kidding you, two cents a stick. Right. And when, you know, and then you pay it and then you leave, you go to a different place and, you know, oh, I like that. You do the exact same thing and you just go up and down right. this right. long street. I have a question. So, the the little Mekong night market that was all all food trucks and all temporary booths. Yeah. The one that you went to in the Philippines, 
Are those permanent boots or are they no. also little setups? Here's the amazing part is uh-huh. that when every, I don't know if it was every night. I want to say it was every night. Um, they would just start putting up these tents. Uh-huh. And then every, when they're done, they bring them down because I went there the very next day. And it was gone? And it was gone. It's almost like it wasn't even there. Wow. And that very same night, you know, that, that very next night, it all pops up again. And, they're, you know, and it's happening, you know, like it was the night before. What about what about crowd size? Is, is it busy? Which 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 market was busier? The Philippine market or? Oh, this. This one. The, this one. This one and, and yeah, this one was was so busy. I mean, I. I mean, come on, like an hour to an hour and a half wait for a single thing that you order. Right, it's insane. Right? Yeah. It's insane. Plus, the thing is, is that it's not every night here. It was just one night, you know. I think it was actually two nights, but I think it's was like... It two every, nights? I think it was two nights. It was yeah, two but nights. I, I think it's select weekends during yeah. during the summer. Yeah. Um, the one in the Philippines was like almost every night, so it wasn't like a special event or anything like that. Right. Just, just, just one last question. Um, I did note that there is going to be another night market happening on the weekend of September seventh. Would you want to try it again? No, I don't know if I would want to. I would have to see. I mean, I would go there just to look around. But I mean, if it's starting to look like it was before, then I mean, I give things like second chances. I think the thing that we would do differently, rather than try to find parking in downtown... i take the rail. Yeah. I would definitely find a park and ride and take yeah. the green line into the city. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, parking was bad. Like, I couldn't... Yeah. You parked, like, what? Like, eight blocks away? Something like that. Eight or nine blocks You get away. your steps in. <laughs> that, <laughs> no that we do. Speaking of steps and stories, I have a story to tell you about some... Dungeons and Dragons characters. Now we present the hilarious story of their further adventures. Okay, so I have become part of many, many groups of Dungeons and Dragons purely by accident. Uh, One of my newest groups uh, met just a couple weeks ago, and half of them were first-time players, which is Cool. They want. They were curious. They wanted to give it a try, um, and so I set up some characters so they could, you know, choose their different classes. I said, okay, someone, someone's got to take this class. Another's got to take this class. Okay, fine. Well, they were going through their adventure. They were having a good time, and you know, at the very end of it, they had to go back to the mayor of this kind of dinky little town was being very, very generous for them to fulfill this quest. So they go, and she hands them their letter to turn in for for their treasure. And one of the rogue characters, I suppose the rogue character, she suddenly says, I want to look to see if there's anything I can steal. Wait, what? Yeah, I want to steal something. Okay, go ahead and roll it. I had not made any evil characters for them. They were all supposed to be either good or neutral. I guess she was just like, okay, this is the neutrality. She's a thief. She's going to steal a thing. Okay. So she successfully stole a thing and nobody noticed. Well, none of the characters noticed. The next thing I know, 
the person playing a druid is like, I want to, I want to go up to the mayor. I don't want to pick a pocket. My druid wanted to pickpocket the mayor. It was ridiculous. She got caught, and so the mayor kicked her out of City Hall, but it's just... I'd be amazed if she actually did. <laughs> that would have been amazing, but, you know, I didn't give, I didn't give a druid that high of stealth stats, because druids aren't supposed to steal things. They're supposed to steal, what, herbs or something? They're supposed to steal from the earth herbs and things that will grow back, and, you know... So it's not really stealing, it's just borrowing? Technically speaking, yeah, they're borrowing, it'll come back. Yeah, my druid wanted to pickpocket the mayor. I had another person who's like, I wanna steal the I wanna steal the the mayor's seal. No, the mayor is on alert now. She's gonna notice what you're doing. And this and then they're going out like, I wanna forge the document. I wanna give us a higher reward. You're gonna have to hurry because someone's no, gonna notice you're missing pretty soon. Like, Forget it. You gotta, you gotta hand it to those players that think outside of the box. Like, uh, they're still playing their character, but they do like that one thing that is totally not their character. But it makes an interesting story. It does make for an interesting story. And then, and then you as a DM will be, like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, you could do that. Um, okay, well, this will happen now. <laughs> John from our from our group yesterday. He pretty much went with the uh, puzzle that he that gave us, that he gave us, and because I got creative, and he was just like, "I'll excuse give it to you." <laughs> excuse me, who got creative? Whose idea was it? That was my idea. Who suggested scooping it out with the arrow? Oh, that one, that one, dude. The other one that I was talking about. Where oh we yeah, just combined dude. The two. Do you guys remember our campaign when me, the paladin, and on that the, the, the battle on the wall, the enemy was climbing ladders, and all of a sudden, I looked at Edwin, hey, Edwin, I got dynamite. <laughs> How do you do this? <laughs> uh, Although, it did help with that. Here I was with dynamite, threw it in, and all of a sudden, they had just, like, one ladder left. Yep. And then, I think, was that the ladder that our friend Derek just kept on just, <laughs> just pushing it away from the wall? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> He just kept pushing it while things were climbing up. Just kept pushing it. Well, it definitely kept the crowds from reaching the, the top yeah. of the wall. We, we, no one died that battle. You're welcome. <laughs> well, people did get hurt, though. Well, like, the bad Almost, guys. yeah. And, and last, last story for the Dungeons & Dragons characters for the night. Last week on Saturday, there was a campaign, and oh my goodness. I, I was loving your reactions. <laughs> Angela was DMing, and oh, yeah. we were, we as players were like, we're trying to read her, like, okay. I had, <laughs> I had led them following a scent trail through, through a forest, and there, the wolf belonging to the ranger was getting antsy and, and trying to travel faster just this, as the scent got closer, and it led them to this clearing where there was an abandoned cabin, and, oh, look! There's tons of fleeing footprints all over the clearing. Hey, look, there's a drag mark leading from 
a spot in front of the door into the door. And hey, look, it looks like someone was clawing at the ground. All the red flags to us players were what? really present. We were like, okay. What, what would we do? Let's go in. I was tempted to. We were like, okay, let's check for traps. Well, well, first it was, it was like, wait, we gotta look inside. We gotta look all around the place. And then I had to remind one of the characters, hey, you remember that spell I was hinting you should get? Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go over here so I can see as much of the building as I can, so I can check, you know, use the find trap spell. Like, oh yeah. There's spells there there's traps everywhere. For those of you that aren't really familiar with playing how uh, how you know how to play D&D, um just a fair warning, it can be um, anxiety inducing <laughs> because that right there, we're like, okay, so something's going on, but we clearly can't see it. So Jeff was asking every single question. Including, like, is the door opening in or out? Like, he was so careful. Oh, I was... We were, we were, like, panicking. It's like, okay, we better not set up any traps or whatever. And me, Paladin, I'm like, okay, I'm getting tired of just strategizing. I'm just gonna go in. <laughs> go in. Yeah, and it was, it was just kind of funny, because I I made it clear this, this cabin was abandoned. Like, I want to look in the window. Oh, there's nobody there. I'm gonna get a closer look inside the window. Oh yeah, there's overturned furniture everywhere, but there's no, there's, there's nobody there. There's no sounds, nothing. Is there an illusion? Well, you can look at it, but but there's overturned furniture. <laughs> yeah, like, well, it's either one really, really powerful wizard or a bunch of other wizards. And you know what? We didn't. I don't think did any of us ask if this cabin was two story. He didn't actually think, ask that I don't think question. we I think we just assumed. I I wasn't paying attention to it either. I flubbed on that one. Because yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, going around then, the cabin and knows there's nothing about it. And then the, the funny thing was, the thing that got everything started was one of the halfling rogues is like, I see the kegs over there. I'm going to get a drink. And then the ranger's like, wait! I got to set it on fire first. <laughs> oh, look, it's a mimic. Hey, look, there's a mimic over there, too. Oh look! A spectator is coming down the stairs. You disturbed its nap. <laughs> I, I, uh, I oh, relate to that spectator. Oh, but you guys were all flipping out. That was just the most fun for me, watching you all well, flip out about this got, abandoned cabin. We, we had fun too. Yeah. But well, after after we finally figured out what was going on, we're like, yeah, we know what to do now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was also fun where you where you figured out how you wanted to fight the monsters, but it was just really, really funny watching you guys flip out and watch me for my reactions, and here I am just grinning because I'm, I'm enjoying myself, and you're trying to gauge me for what I might have planned. Now, and Angela and Edwin have been DMs and players. So far, I'm the only person that is strictly player. I haven't DMed yet, but I would like to DM. What's favorite thing uh my favorite thing so far about dming is planning surprises i think definitely planning surprises because i i like the reactions when when i pull something on you and you guys are yeah are you surprises. serious <laughs> yeah yeah it's like surprises and the puzzles and stuff that i can make and the world i can make 
I mean, I made I made Angela's character into a fairy princess. So in the Feywild, I that mean, was that definitely came a surprise. Out, oh yeah, came out of nowhere. Completely out of left field. <laughs> um, but speaking of stories, we do have one last little story from you for you in uh, our entertainment segment. Alright, so every once in a while, we will bring you a little bit of entertainment at the end. And this one is called, well, Mad Libs Theater. It's pretty obvious. We go through a Mad Lib uh, after the show to basically come up with a prompt for the next bit of entertainment. Um, So yeah, we have a little skit for you. Hello everyone and welcome to our show. Our guest today is Anita Dime from the Psycho Houses. Tell me Anita, how did you decide on your band name? Well, we thought of calling it like the Road of Flowers, but it turns out that that name is already taken. And then we thought of Pillow Jam or Orange Floyd, but those were taken too. It's so hard to think of like website names, you know? Interestingly enough, you actually walk your songs. Not only that, but you play several smelly instruments. Which ones do you smell? I mean, play. Well, I do experimenting on the electric grass. Well, I do some experimenting on the electric grass. I really smoke it on the bass egg. But I think my favorite instrument that really adds a kick to the whole ensemble. Spicy keyboard. Oh yeah. That's wonderful. You recently released a new song that made it up to number 42 on the gross chart. Your highest ranking yet. Tell me, what inspired this, uh, smooth song? Well, it's more like a tall song. Like a song that's not short, but tall. I wouldn't say it's long, but it's tall. Like Empire State Building tall. Yeah, my mom would sing it when it was hotel time. Hotel time? You know, hotel time. It's like when you break into a a hotel and make a nest out of the towels. You know, hotel time. So she would sing it to me and it just like pretty much dragged me into dreamland. Fascinating. What an interesting story. I'm afraid that's all we have time for. Thank you so much for joining us, Anita. We'll see you all next time. Oh, that's it? Okay. Hey, can someone spare some change? I have the munchies for some chips from the vending machine. And that's it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us. Again, this is... Dungeons, Dinings, and Dorks. Come back and listen to us sometime. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, I am at Pleasant Doom. I'm Panda Cat Dragon. And I have no Twitter account just yet. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.